Greetings, rare ones, and welcome to the Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast with me, your host, Joanne A. Hamilton. I created this podcast because I was curious to learn about the startup ecosystems in developing countries. The Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast is where you will hear me have unique conversations with early stage startup founders, ecosystem builders, innovators, and investors from across emerging markets. It is an opportunity for all of us operating in these countries to learn, share, and exchange experiences beyond our borders. Although complex and varied, there are more similarities than differences in the narratives. If you're new, welcome. Rare ones come here to gain fresh perspective and insights into what is happening on the ground from the people who are creating shifts and driving the action. It is where they can connect through stories which are distinctive, honest, and relatable. Thanks for listening in, and I hope at the end, you feel compelled to join our growing global community of rare ones. Greetings, rare ones, and welcome to the Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast with me, your host, Joanne A. Hamilton. This is Series 9, Education and Adoption, Blockchain in Africa. We are now on episode number 186, which is titled Blockchain in Tunisia, leveraging local talent to serve international clients with Tarek Kamoun from Tunisia. So let me tell you a little bit about Tarek and his company. Firstly, he is the founder of K2List, a Paris-based company that supports customers from all sectors to anticipate, innovate, and deliver high value through innovative projects based on blockchain technologies. They bring an end-to-end state-of-the-art blockchain expertise service, okay? And they do this in three ways, acculturation and training for business and IT people, strategy and consulting to identify appropriate and high value business cases, use cases, and solutions, development, and deployment support. So basically, K2List is bringing value to business through blockchain technology. Okay, so in today's conversation, here's a little bit of what you're going to hear. As always, we get to learn a little bit about Tarek, his background, where he comes from, and then he takes us from Tunisia to Paris and then back to Tunisia again. So we get to learn about how he, how he got into blockchain in the first place. Where was he working? Why he chose the career path that he did? When, when he decided to, as he says, exit his career and start his business. And from there, he gives us an overview of the company. He tells us what exactly do, does K2List do when they provide the end-to-end support professional services. He explains to us how he acquired his first client, sourcing talent, um, as well as the different types of clients, how he works with those clients, managing expectations, assessing their needs, etc. It's a really in-depth conversation. And then we transition from there into blockchain in Tunisia. So Tarek gives us an overview of what is happening on the ground in Tunisia. Um, we also gain some insights into how he was able to develop his team at home. Tarek's team is based in Tunisia. However, clients are based outside of Tunisia. So this is where the leveraging of local talent comes in. So it's really good to hear how we went about doing that and how he has been successful thus far at managing and developing this team and and providing a quality service. So it's, it's really insightful. And then finally, we end with lessons learned. And I really appreciated the lessons that he offered. And I won't give them away. I won't spoil it. But I think you will as well. So as always, I will see you at the end. Bye for now. Greetings, Tariq, and welcome to the Rare Birds podcast. Hi, Joe. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast with us. So how are you doing all the way in Tunisia? Oh, I'm, I'm really fine here in Tunisia. The weather now is good and, uh, and it's a good conditions to work, uh, to work well, let's say. <laughs> I know, I can imagine. Brilliant. Okay, so you're joining us to talk about blockchain 
So tell us a little bit first about your background, who you are, a little bit about growing up in Tunisia, all of that good stuff. Yeah, of course. Um, so um, about my background a bit. So I, I grew up in Tunisia and I lived in Tunisia until in fact my, uh, uh, let's say 18 years old. So it's my high school diploma. Okay. And then I moved to France and we will talk about that, I think, later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> about, the, about, about this move, because I'm not the only one to do it. And it's a really important point. But then I moved to France uh, to follow, in fact, a software engineering master degree. Okay. Uh, so I did that during uh, five years. I was in, in Rennes, so it's in Brittany, in west of uh, France. Okay. And just after my master degree, I directly started to work so it was enough for me five years of, of study that's and a long I joined time. Uh, so that's, yeah, it's that's a long the time, combined but... bachelor's master's degree right the five-year degree yeah. okay exactly okay. exactly uh, so it was a five years degree and just after that so I was I, I was a software engineer and I wanted to uh, evolve in the IT consulting space. So I had, let's say, two options or three options. One is why was more about you know research and development. The second one is more about being a software developer, and the third option was more about uh, doing IT consulting. And that's the third option I I chose, and I directly joined a, a Parisian uh, IT consulting and management firm, and I stayed with them during 10 years so it's a long period wow uh, okay. yeah it's a long period and in fact during this these 10 years uh basically i support i my work was to support small and big companies uh, in their digital transformation journey in fact and my activities were both it was about it consulting it's one let's say main activity and the second one is enterprise architecture activities so the people that are really familiar, let's say, with, uh, with the uh, information system and the IT, they know the enterprise architecture role. Uh, otherwise, we say it's IT consulting, it's more general. Okay. And uh, to be more concrete, uh, um, two parts of the job that I, I did, one part was to take the business populations in the companies, so small and big and big, to understand the new technologies and how they use them to improve uh, business efficiency or to develop new usage for their users or for their business. That was one main part of the job. So it's more to help business population to understand the new technologies and what they can bring. Uh, the other part of the job uh, was to help the IT populations of these companies. And their uh, goal uh, was to understand what uh, to understand the new technologies. But what is important for us, this IT population, is not what's how to improve the business efficiency or how to develop new usage. It's a business problem. The IT population, they want to understand the new technology to learn or to understand how to adopt them and what's the impact on the information system that they are, they are already managing because they ha already have some IT and they want to know, okay, this new technology, how it will disturb what they already have. That's that's uh, the second part of, of the job. So okay. I did I did that during ten years. So working with business populations and IT populations from small and big companies, and always being let's say trying to be uh, uh, the state of the art of new technologies. And so basically, uh, I met the blockchain technology in this uh, in this journey. Okay. And uh, why we can say I fell in love with it. Uh, because it's the first technology, um, when you are talking to IT population, you must uh, talk about business cases. And when you are talking about business cases, you must talk about the IT part. So you are able to do a kind of 100 degrees, you know, uh, okay. from end to end discussions with people. And you have no more this kind of separation that I had before with business populations on one hand and IT population on the second hand. Now you, you discuss with both around the same technology. And so I, I fell in love with this concept and I decided to leave my IT consulting firm, uh, the one where I, I worked during 10 years. And I decided, so uh, now it was in, in 2018, uh, to create my blockchain startup, which is called K2List. And I created it in uh, Tunisia first. And then we, uh, 
uh, we I created also in, in France because I'm living between both countries. Mm. And it's basically a, a blockchain specialized startup. Uh, and I think we will talk about it a, a bit more after uh, in this conversation. Yeah. But that, that, that's my journey, let's say. My, my background from uh, my high school diploma mm. in Tunisia and then uh, the IT consulting uh, uh, experience, uh, new technologies, and finally uh, I stopped. Uh, let's say I, I, I did an exit from my IT consulting <laughs> firm to, to dedicate myself to blockchain. I like that you did an exit. You speak. Yeah. You speak in startup lingo. You know when you <laughs> when you laid out the. You said you had the three options of of where your career path could go, and you chose yeah. consultancy. Was there something that was very appealing to you about consultancy? Was it because it was more the business side, or why did you choose that in particular? I'm just curious, as opposed uh, to being like an engineer, you know, like working in 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 the actual like in a say like an IBM or or you know something like that with within the company working on tech yeah, stuff it's a good question in fact it was i i discovered let's say uh, the uh, the con it consulting field during my end of studies internship mm -hmm. and uh, uh, they asked me in fact to start by uh, doing a kind of technical solution comparison kind of benchmark and then to do some proof of concept uh, mm -hmm. and about the new technology at the uh, it was in 2009 it was about enterprise service bus so it's kind of middleware uh, middleware solutions to uh, to let's say uh, make uh, uh, the application to exchange data more and more efficiently and i like the approach in fact to be in a kind of uh, advisory position from an IT perspective. I mean, at the, within the, this context, we had a client and he has a problematic, which was to enhance uh, the data exchange efficiency. Yeah. And at this moment, the new technology was this enterprise service buses. It was a middleware technology. And the approach was to study them, to do a technical benchmark, to do a proof of concept, to prove that these technologies will bring some value to the client IT problematic. And I like this approach, in fact, to not being only on the development uh, stage, right. uh, but to be able, let's say, to cover from end to end the kind of problematic and doing some, this kind of consulting approach. And I open my eyes, I say, okay, there is, it's not only about software development, you can also have this kind of work and it's called consulting, IT consulting. And so that's why I, I decided to move uh, to move on on this career path yeah that's really interesting and i i like that you were working within digital transformation so that means you were learning about all the new and disruptive technologies as soon as they were coming out so yes, basically exactly. yeah exactly. so basically you were kind of at the at the edge of everything which is cool yes yes and, and i think you in the in the it space you have two kind of a person there are persons who want to be expert in something and they right. want to go deep 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 really deep and right. they have knowledge that is really the value is this uh, global this knowledge on one field and you have other people who wants to be more polyvalent you know more more transversal and they want to uh yes to not dedicate themselves to one technology but to be able to understand them all and to not address one sector but to be able to uh, talk with them all and so i was in this category so both are good but and uh uh, both works where they work well together, uh, but you need both, in fact. Yeah, yeah. So then you took the leap, like you said, you made an exit and you started your own company, but then you decided to focus on that one thing, which was blockchain. So you you told us about why you decided to, to focus on blockchain. Was there anything about the technology itself that you thought was maybe a little bit more appealing than say AI or some other disruptive technology? I was interested also by AI at this at this moment, but mm. I I found the blockchain more mysterious, let's mm. say. Yeah. And uh, and more uh, let's say globally disruptive from uh, because you, you it was really revolutionary from my point of view. Huh? Yeah. And this decentralization uh, way of thinking was really revolutionary from a, uh, let's say, um, global economic point of view. The AI was good and it's improving any sector and any businesses. Um, 
but it's not, uh, let's say, transforming the way you can think about the economy and uh, how uh, our organizations are structured and are, and are working today. You know? um, it's always improving. It's giving automation, some new predictions, recommendation, automation. That's good. But it's not reviewing totally uh, some models. And it's not uh, doing an opposition between centralized models and decentralized models, which are a new way of thinking. And for me, yeah. AI was really nice, really deep, how to use the technology to improve what you already have. And the blockchain is really deep. It's a new innovation, but it's pushing you to think differently and to mm -hmm. think in a decentralized way, how you can use the networks, how you can bring together people to not be in a centralized way. And that's what excited me more uh, than, the DK, than the AI at this moment. Yeah, I, I think so. So I've heard so many people explain why they're passionate about blockchain, but I think your explanation and a, and a handful of other people I've heard is probably the ones that I can most relate to because you said it's a mindset shift. And I mm -hmm. think that's what makes blockchain so much more powerful than all of the others, because it is a mindset shift. You know, AI is powerful, but it doesn't force me to think and act differently and it doesn't it doesn't disrupt the entire world the way blockchain is it's it's a whole other ball game you know and i think blockchain is one of those things you either you gear towards it or you run away from it <laughs> there's no in between <laughs> exactly exactly yeah exactly. yeah <laughs> and with uh, with the ai you can do many things it's good but mm. you cannot uh, do what blockchain is promising is to be able to exchange value uh, in a secure way and without any central you know, authority. Yeah. And you can do yeah. whatever you want with machine learning, deep learning, and it's really sophisticated and it's really exciting. But yeah. you cannot do this basic thing that helps you and push you, uh, like you say, to have this uh, uh, mind, uh, this, uh, this shift uh this mind shift yeah definitely so let's talk about your company then so tell us a bit more about your company and how you work with your clients and what wait you know i do want you to to say one thing too Tarek. what was it like tell us a little bit what it was like getting your first client was that difficult or did you steal clients from your old job <laughs> <laughs> no i, 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 I. <laughs> no, it's 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 not the it's not the case. Uh, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, it, it, maybe maybe some of my ex bosses or manager will 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 listen to this podcast, so I can't even say yes if it was true, but it wasn't. True. Okay, okay. Uh, no, in in fact, it was uh, uh, so. Uh, so K2 is it's my blockchain startup and, and our ambition uh, and it's uh, describing our activity is to be able to support from an end to end uh, our customers. So from end to end, that means we start at the beginning of the blockchain journey by doing trainings on blockchain to make people understand the technology. And then we step by step move on on the blockchain journey by making ideation, how to find the good blockchain use cases in, a, in an ecosystem and select which one will have some more business value than another one. And then we continue to move on on this blockchain journey with some, let's say, more uh, design stuff with IT uh, design. And we finish by IT development. So basically, we develop uh, blockchain-based applications within my uh, my startup k 2 list And that's what we call uh, an end-to-end -end support. We start at the beginning of the blockchain journey and we are able to uh, uh, to help the companies, uh, our customers, our clients to go until the other end of the blockchain journey and to push into production to make their solution live uh, um, in order to create, to anticipate, innovate and create value with, with blockchain technologies. So that's our main, um, and that's our our main activity um and i will talk about some 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 projects and how the first one we we get it just before i introduce the the let's say second activity that we have mm -hmm. uh, in parallel and i will also focus uh, on 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 it uh we did some so some consultancy and it developments and then we 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 get this uh, blockchain expertise and we say why don't we develop our our products and uh 
we believe that this blockchain technology has a real potential uh, to serve the, the financial inclusion goals. Mm. And we started thinking with, uh, we started like uh, some brainstorming and, and thinking with a, a partner in Mali uh, who uh, was working in a microfinance institutions. And we said, how can we use the, this technology to help this kind of financial institutions which are dedicated to unbanked people? And so with that kind of brainstorming approach, uh, we defined a project vision for a blockchain-based digital platform for microfinance institutions. So this is our more product journey uh, uh, within, uh, within K2List. But I will come back to, to, to this one uh, a bit later. Okay. If, I, um, if I come back to our first activities, so professional services, so end-to-end -end support on, on blockchain technology, how we, we start, uh, we start with network connections. And um, um, I met one uh, blockchain startup, which was at a French blockchain startup, which was at his, really at, at his beginning. And they had the idea and they said, okay, now we, we have to move uh, on to uh, our MVP development. And uh, uh, we have the project visions, but we don't have the, uh, the IT skills, the IT resources for the blockchain part of our applications. So I said, okay, but uh, I'm passionate about this technology. So why don't you wait a bit? And I will constitute for you a kind of one, two uh, blockchain engineers, small team, and we will doing, we will do this project for you and we will improve our knowledge on blockchain. And it's a kind of win-win deal. And you know, in the, in the startup uh, ecosystem and startup journey, we, we always say, uh, whatever it's product developments or it's let's say more uh, and uh, let's say professional services, they always say get customers be before you have a product. Mm. So finally it's the same on the on this kind of professional services activity. Yeah. Uh, it's not a product, but let's say we get the client and it was a kind of close clients because it was direct connections, but it was a kind of win-win deal. Uh, we did the project like for not much for them. We yeah. get the knowledge on the blockchain technology through a real use case and a real project. And so we helped each other finally. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a really good uh, way to, uh, uh, to enter this space uh, because basically uh, the uh, blockchain, let's say resources today are uh, still uh, low yeah. or you can say rare. So uh, you can, uh, choose to, let's say, um, train them or recruit them or uh, try to train your blogger, your uh, software engineer to become a blockchain developers, or you can try to find uh, another startup like, uh, like mine, which is in, in this kind of win-win uh, uh, approach. They want to get some first uh, project references. They want to uh, do uh, what, whatever they can to, to develop your projects, and they want to learn the blockchain technology in parallel. And from your from your side, it's a kind of win-win deal because you you will have your MVP and you will be able also to share the knowledge with the future team that you will uh, onboard progressively, and to not stay you know looking for a kind of a blockchain engineer with uh, four years of experience that you that you want you won't find uh, in the yeah. next six months. Yeah, especially in the blockchain field, it's also new, so it's hard. Number one, it, there's so few blockchain engineers in the world. And then number two, there's so few senior blockchain developers in the world. So the odds of finding someone, it's it's quite yeah. low. <laughs> it's quite low. Exactly. And, and sometimes you find some uh, like job orders that are really not uh, serious, you know, saying uh, we want a kind of a seven year solidity engineer, but mm -hmm. uh, solidity and Ethereum appears not not seven years ago. No, you know, it, they haven't been was, around that long. <laughs> it was six years ago, you know, so it's not it's impossible what you are looking for. So, so mm -hmm. it's kind of something that makes people lying a bit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, and the, the thing about what you did is you start with that one client and then from there you build because like you said, you it's a win-win. You have a use case and they have yeah. theirs and you just build upon that. And before you know it, you have a, a stream of clients that you're working with, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that's how we, how we did after this first project. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, then we tried to to move on so we get a connection through this startup for with another startup 
which is a which was a friend of uh, of them, and they had also uh, a blockchain product to develop. So they uh, they recommended us, and uh, so we did a, a project for this uh, second new startup. And then once you have you know two uh, real credentials, uh, two real two project references on the blockchain space, you can start you know going to see uh, let's say people who are not in your network and you are uh, at this moment you are you are more legitimate and yeah. you can say okay you are looking for blockchain expertise we have done these two blockchain projects and it's two real projects for these two startups that are uh, startups that are doing some communications and they have the website they are trying to raise funds the projects are working and mm -hmm. you are credible in fact at this stage yeah so are your clients a combination of you work for sort of smes and more established companies and you also work with startups so we st we started to work with startups uh because it was easier for us to be connected with them and okay. we were sharing let's say the same way of uh working from in an agile agile way and yeah. we are also sharing let's say the same uh um, startup journey. Finally, they are trying to <laughs> to yeah. to move on to to develop their business, and we were in the same position, uh, but uh, not in a product development uh, um, scenario, but in a in a and in a professional services scenario. And so it was easier for us. And so we started with startups, and then uh, step by step, uh, we tried to reach, uh, let's say, uh, more. Uh, or bigger clients and to move on to SMEs and then to uh, to real big companies uh, progressively. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The end-to-end -end service that you mentioned, is that a gap that you, is that a gap that you recognized when you were working with your first company that there were no end-to-end -end services? Because usually when you're in a consultancy, right, you work on like a piece of a project or part of the yes. project, but you don't see the whole thing, right? Yeah, yeah, but you, you are totally right, uh, and uh, it was one of the reason uh, why I, I left. I was also a bit frustrated to mm. uh, not be able to go until uh, the other hand, uh, uh, the other end of the of the uh, of the projects means the implementation steps. Uh, in a, in an IT consulting firm, you are more about the first phases, the first end, you know, mm -hmm. it's a, a ideations, benchmarks, design, uh, and then you can do project management at least, and you can follow some uh, project implementation, but to, from a project management point of view, uh, but you are not uh, really in the, uh, in the building team, you know, the, the, yeah. the team that is really building and you are saying uh, you are, you are following uh, things uh, uh, that are uh, be created uh, and that's really uh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the downsides to consultancy generally. You you can say I, you worked on a big project, but you probably only worked on a tiny little part of the project. So you only got to see that little bit. And uh, you don't, like you said, you don't get to be a part of the, of the bigger team because most of the times consultants just come in, they do one little part or they work with yeah. a small part and then they run off and they put you on another project, you know. Yeah, uh, that's true. That's true. And I think this model is, uh, is actually being reviewed a lot. Uh, mm. and they are uh, taking, uh, uh, they are facing, I think they are now aware about this limit and yeah. many consulting firms are trying to, uh, they are buying, you know, uh, uh, some, some uh, small companies which are doing uh, developments uh, mm. to be able to cover this, uh, this ends. And that's how you are also more uh, credible because if mm. you are advising for something, you will also have a client saying, but uh, did you already put in place this kind of projects? Yeah. <laughs> you are saying it's, it's easy, but did you, uh, did, did you already did that? Did, did that or not, you know? And that's, that's uh, the same problematic always. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like, you know, sometimes you work for the main client, right? You go into the room and there are like 30 other consultants there too. <laughs> and it's like all of you are working for the same client, but everybody doing a little bit. But I guess trying to change it is, is interesting because I figure, I mean, that's, that's their business model. That's how they make a profit, right? Yes. By pricing as little bit as they can out of, out of a project, no matter how small it is, I guess. So, yes, exactly. You have yeah. to step by step mentalities will, will change the way of consuming uh, 
uh, let's say to consume consult consultancy uh, is, is changing a bit yeah. and you know so it's changing i guess yeah <laughs> and, the and, world and is company. changing the world Definitely. is changing and people companies are more now looking for you know deep expertise where they can find them and not only rely on 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 generalist let's say transversal consultancy firms uh to cover whatever they can cover uh for them yeah something that you mentioned is when you do your end-to-end -end work you you spend time just training the client so let's talk a little bit about the importance of understanding the technology itself now how your how many of your clients actually and truly understand the technology because i feel like blockchain is probably one of those technologies that it's so it it can be very easy to explain or it can be very complicated so how do yeah. you then break that all down in in the most simplest of ways in in the training to make sure you know you can maximize that for your clients yeah you you're totally right we have two types uh, two type of clients uh, mm. Well, let's say three. Now, the one. Let's go start with the simplest one. The one that really understands the blockchain, yeah, and they have understood the tech, and they are arriving uh, with a project uh, scope that is well uh, designed and specified. That's good, but uh, unfortunately, it's like uh, fifteen percent of our <laughs> of our clients actually. So it's really mm. it's a minor population. Uh, the second uh, population of clients. Uh, they think they have well understood the blockchain technology. So they arrive with a kind of scope of work or project design that sometimes presents some incoherencies you know, because yeah. they haven't well understood the technology. Okay. And you have the third kind of population that they don't know what's the technology. And so, of course, you have to start with them uh, uh, from uh, from uh, from the beginning, and I prefer these two extremities because if you have a client that is already well understanding the technology, it's good. It's uh, going directly. We go straight to the point. We can even sometimes direct start by uh, the project implementation. Uh, yeah. The second extremity, you know that you have to start with blockchain ideation and training. So it's you know what's the blockchain journey, and you have your approach, and and you move on. This, the, the population in the middle is more complex because you lose mm. many times because you think at the beginning that they have understood the technology because they already have a kind of project vision and you have and then step by step you realize that it's not the case and you discuss many points and instead of starting <laughs> developments you are reviewing the design at the same at the same uh, uh, time and you are saying but why didn't you include why do, why don't you include this kind of uh, blockchain benefit or digital capabilities in your scope you say oh you're right and so it's kind of a big agile brainstorming and you are losing finally many times at the beginning so you so have to be patient <laughs> yeah you have to be patient and and yeah. finally they 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 wanted to consult you to start project developments but finally you you spend one one month you know reviewing the business case uh and and the project design yeah. And so it's there is a big importance of understanding this uh, this black blockchain technology because uh, specifically in this field, uh, in this technology, you have a kind of we can say a direct mapping, uh, direct correlation or link between uh, the tech and digital properties of the blockchain and some let's say business use cases. Um, uh, I take an example. It's really important to understand the key property uh, mm. properties of the blockchain, like transparency, like immutability, like mm -hmm. uh, intermediary free, because they will drive, in fact, uh, some uh, of your. They will drive directly your 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 uh, your business use cases that you will determine. You know, and and that's really important. Yeah. And so uh, that's why uh, we try to to always start by, uh, even if projects, they arrive with a kind of scope of work, we always try to, to advise and say, why don't we start with a kind of uh, blockchain use case challenge? You know, we will review it together. We can, we try to give you some, uh, or we can say it's really good, or we can challenge your use cases. You, ha you have, in fact, for this, 
you have to understand the origin and, and, and it's really important. Each time I, I, I have a, a new client which is not really aware about uh, what he can do uh, with uh, the blockchain technology, I always start by the origin and fundamentals of the blockchain technology. And I yeah. start with the Bitcoin history. Just yeah. to introduce and to understand why this technology appeared, it was to you know to be able to exchange the kind of digital money, cryptocurrency, yeah. uh, in an intermediary-free model, and that's how we started. Then uh, they have to understand. I try to make them understand the different evolutions, the big steps, you know, smart contracts to be able to develop applications on, yeah. on the blockchain, uh, the tokenization, what what it brings as a digital value, as a digital capabilities. Uh, the different some uh, then the different blockchain implementations models even if some people are not really uh, okay and they don't agree with the private models but it's another topic but you have to understand all yeah. these evolutions and that's and then once you have understood the origin the fundamentals the different evolutions you have to understand the benefits and the limits you know to say okay now it's clear for me what the blockchain technology can bring me as a digital capabilities and what are its limits. And yeah. now based on that, I can do some ideation. I can challenge the use cases that I had yeah. to see if it was 100% uh, blockchain aligned or blockchain you know, uh, eligible, or if I can try to enrich it and bring more value to my, to my use cases. Right. Do you do a, so is this a standard training that you do for all of your clients? You take them through everything that you just mentioned? Y yes, uh, okay. we try to push that uh, yeah. as much as we can. Uh, uh, we started our uh, training activities with, uh, initially it was really more technical and we started with engineering schools uh, mm. because we were more close, let's say, to this, <laughs> to this, uh, uh, to this ecosystem. Right. Uh, but then uh, we quickly understood that uh, it's not a technological approach that we have to, uh, we need to have when we want to explain the blockchain technology, but we first must uh, start with the origin, the fundamentals, the properties, and then we can move on on, on, the, on the deep, on the, on, the, on the technological part, you know, the, the development and, and so on. And so we started with uh, engineering schools and then we moved the, uh, we we make this training activity evolving, and now we are doing it with any clients, with uh, uh, companies, with uh, business populations, or with IT populations. And now we start always with the same history, origin yeah. and fundamentals, different evolutions, and benefits and limits of this technology. Then we move on. If if it's an IT population, if it's a you know software engineer schools, we move yeah. on on uh, on. Uh, on some, uh, on some, let's say, more technical stuff. But we have the same initial uh, story now, uh, and we think it's a, it's a, it's an approach that is working because we have good feedbacks uh, until now on that. Yeah, I was gonna say your clients after they go through this initial training, I guess for a lot of them it's it's a big eye opener. Even for those who who know or who think they know, they learn a little bit more and they realize, oh, okay, this is how it all began. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they, once they have understood how 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 all this begins, what are the benefits and limits of this technology, we then move on by a kind of uh, panorama, a kind of uh, worldwide uh, uh, blockchain use cases overview. Right. So right, they, right. it's more, it's getting more concrete for them. They say, okay, all these uh, evolutions of the technology, all these digital capabilities, these benefits and limits that they have. I've, I've, I've learned until now in the, during this, uh, uh, this day uh, with the trainings, now I'm, I'm able to understand the different use cases. Okay, this one is leveraging uh, the immutability of the blockchain. This one is leveraging the tokenization. This one is a mix of, of both. This one is a, a totally public model, a block, public a blockchain model. Why? This one is more private consortium model. Why? And they are doing a link directly with the user. They are better understanding the use cases. Because yeah. they, they know on, on on which digital capabilities of the blockchain uh, these use cases are leveraging, and so now after that they are able to do the same exercise uh, within their ecosystem, within their company, or yeah. within their uh, business ecosystem, maybe with their partners and so on, or even to have some new ideas because they want to launch a new projects and they want to have a new a startup journey for themselves. Right, right. Now you move from there to business design, so. I'm curious about this part because is it kind of like standard 
design thinking or is this something a bit more complex that's sort of very tailored to to your your clients and and the, in you know exactly what they're looking for uh yeah i see your question so about about blocks what i can call blockchain business design you, mm -hmm. you will find many many maybe different definitions uh the important thing is what what we do uh, what we put behind uh, okay. uh from from uh, from in uh, within k to this what we do when we start the let's say blockchain business design uh stage uh um, we start with some let's say uh, um Preliminary questions. Uh, you know, uh, in the in the in the literature, you have many blockchain decision decision trees. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. And the difficulty is that are not they are all different, and you can you can find an infinity of blockchain decision decision trees. Okay. Uh, so finally, uh, anyone is lost within <laughs> within this uh, <laughs> blockchain decision trees. Yeah. And. Uh, I'm not sure it's always the good approach to uh, to enter the blockchain ideation and uh, use case challenges because it's too much, um, uh, you know, you have a direct exit. <laughs> it's yeah. one direction or another one. And then you exit and you say no. So it's too much like robot robot thinking, you know, okay. it's, uh, yeah. it's, not, it's not flexible. And um, one, so, um, um, I don't remember all, but I, I find some something that is called a really interesting framework. It's called the Oxford Blockchain Strategy Framework, okay. and which, it, which helps evaluate the suitability of blockchain for a particular project. And why I appreciate it? Because it was really, it's bringing five or six business-oriented questions, mm. and they are not worrying about the technical side of the blockchain. And just, you know, having four or six questions business oriented questions and if and they say if you answer yes to one of these questions you should uh start seriously considering using blockchain and i love this approach and some questions so i have uh, i have two in mind they say is there a predictable repeatable process that lends itself well to automation you say mm. okay it's a, it seems to be a kind of basic business oriented questions but when you know and you, when you see, when you you know that these questions is uh, is uh, is including in a, in a blockchain strategy framework, you know that if they are asking about a predictable and repeatable repeatable process that mm. lends itself well to automation, you know that behind they are thinking about process process automation and smart contracts. No, right. So this is a kind of business questions, and they are asking sometimes: Is there? Uh, they say, uh, is there value in an immutable record? Or is an immutable record a requirement? Just asking this question. And you behind that, you say, you know that they are talking about the immutable ledger, the trustability, the audit trail that can bring the blockchain. Remembering that value is not only monetary, is there an element of value transfer within your use cases? And you know that behind that, they are talking about maybe tokenization and digital transactions with tokens that are transferring from one part to another one. And you want to secure this type of exchange. So it's really purely, you see, business oriented questions at this kind of use, at, at this stage of uh, I challenge a use case or I try to find a new blockchain use case within my ecosystem. So it's a first, this is the first step of what I call the blockchain business design. Is there ever, because this is suitability, is there ever an instance where it's a no and you, you can't help them or, you know, they realize that there is no suitability, blockchain can't suit their company or their project or anything like that? It can happen. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and um, so, sometimes, so uh, people are a bit kind of, a bit uh, frustrated saying, oh, I don't have any blockchain use case. <laughs> See, it's <laughs> not a problem. I, you are not obliged to use this technology. And yeah. um, sometimes it appears because um, we, with the blockchain technology, you, you can whether uh, improve efficiency of the business process that you already have. Right. And on the second part, you can create new uh, usage, new markets, you know, new products. 
So if a company is only focusing on business, if on their already existing business process efficiency, and they are not in a kind of mindset or a kind of strategy to develop new products, new use cases, uh, uh, and new services, so it can be a bit uh, restricted. And we can uh, arrive to a conclusion that blockchain is not suitable for them, and it, it happens. Yeah. Uh, if they are open to create new services, uh, we always find a new blockchain use cases that is innovative. You know, in that way, it's open to creativity, and we always find something. Yeah. So, yeah. depending on the on the on the company strategy. Got it. Got it. Okay. Brilliant. That was really interesting. Now we're going to shift a little bit to Tunisia. This is the part I'm really interested in, and I think most of the listeners are too. Um, what is what is going on in Tunisia with blockchain and and everything, Bitcoin, everything, cryptocurrency? What's going on there? I never oh. read about it. I never read about anything in Tunisia. I don't think. Um, yeah, it's quite recent. You, you're it's uh, blockchain in Tunisia. We can say it's a, it's a nascent field. Um, so now since only we can say three years ago, we mm -hmm. have uh, some startups that are starting to specialize in this sector. Uh, and they are, let's say, in the, they are having, we can say the same position like K2List. They are trying to develop a new uh, innovative product. And uh, besides that, they are trying to uh, do some, uh, let's say, uh, professional services. But yeah. uh, I guess for the moment, we, uh, they are more uh, focused on product developments than doing some, uh, let's say, professional services for the main reason that uh, the blockchain is really, let's say, the blockchain penetration in Tunisia is still too low. So if you are not working with foreign companies mm. uh, or in startups like we did uh, with K2NIS, you will not have much activity uh, on the professional services part. So that's right. why... Uh, the other blockchain startups in Tunisia are more focusing on the on product developments. Right, right. And, I mean, and, mm, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, now and so the blockchain penetration is really is, is still too low for two, let's say, um, and say main reasons. Uh, uh, the biggest one is uh, uh, the lack of knowledge and the lack of skills and trainings uh, around this technology, because as you know. Um, um, you can, um, in in one minute or 30 seconds, you can explain to someone what's artificial intelligence. And with some, with some examples, the person will understand it. And it's, uh, it's uh, easy to understand from a high level point of view. The blockchain is not as easy to understand. Like we discussed before, this all trainings mm -hmm. and ideation stuffs, they require some Time, they require some skills and they require some effort to get into this space. <clears throat> and in Tunisia, we have this lack of skills actually, but I think it's it's general. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of technology that uh, to be well known uh, and well skilled. Let's say it must start in the different schools and be a big part of the trainings and uh, yeah. the school's journey, and then you will have on the market some uh, uh, let's say engineer or, or, or business people that are aware of this technology. So it, it takes time. Yeah. Um, so this is the main uh, <clears throat> main reason. The second one is um, is more, let's say, regulatory. Uh, mm. But it's, it's strongly related to the crypto space. Mm. Right, right. Uh, so in other countries, people, let's say, has a minimum knowledge of the blockchain because they have been passionate with the cryptocurrencies, they started with that. So cryptocurrencies is one big use case and the, the historical use cases of, of blockchain. And so uh, people entered the blockchain space with crypto. And in, in Tunisia, actually, uh, there are, it's in discussion, but there is, uh, there is no regulatory framework around cryptocurrencies. And they are, uh, until the moment now we are talking, uh, they are considered as illegal. Uh, because in uh, Tunisia there are uh, a kind of uh, control of uh, foreign foreign currencies. You know, right. you can't you can't accept uh, you can't manage have uh, foreign currencies without uh, any approval from the central banks. So if you have cryptocurrencies, you are in the same problematic. 
And so mm -hmm. the, let's say the regulatory framework around cryptocurrencies is not yet established. It's under discussion actually. Yeah. And um, so once it will be, let's say, approved, it will, of course, open uh, the doors to many people to enter this blockchain space through the cryptocurrency, uh, uh, through the cryptocurrency use case. <clears throat> Okay, okay. Now, in terms of um, your your team, I know that you your team is based in Tunisia, and you, however, go between France and and there. So how were you able to develop your own team with this with this expertise and and this experience so that you could then serve your uh, your overseas clients? Um, you mean how did we how did we do to develop this expertise and to uh, extend or let's say uh, develop our team with this yeah, expertise? Like mm. everything, because I mean, I guess you because you said there was very limited knowledge. There's very limited knowledge yeah. in Tunisia, but you managed mm. to get a you have a a team of blockchain engineers. I'm assuming, right? So exactly. your your team, how were did you find people that already had the experience? Or did they have to go through a training process before you could then bring them on to? I guess I'm trying to understand the dynamics of how you yeah. built your own team. So, so in total transparency, the mm. first uh, first person who yeah. uh, with who I started the Catalyst uh, startup journey uh, was passionate also about blockchain technology and was more uh, uh, deep in the technology uh, than me. And okay. uh, with, with joining our, let's say, our forces, we then started to train our own uh, software engineers to become blockchain software engineers, like we call them. Got it. And Got that's it. how we did it. So we, we, um, we tried <laughs> our trainings on our engineers, on our, in our, people of our, our team before to uh, try our trainings on on uh, to try to sell our trainings you know to to uh, to uh, to other schools or to companies but we we, we did this work internally and uh, something that is nice in the blockchain space is that everything is open source and well documented but right. it's like blockchain decision, decision decision trees there are many 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 websites many many documentations and finally you get a bit lost if you are not let's say well driven in this uh, in this uh, blockchain uh, knowledge journey and yeah. so finally we started basically by doing a kind of uh, you know a path to the knowledge with uh, you start with this uh, uh, with this uh, website, and then you start uh, uh, practicing with this kind of uh, practical work that we have uh, uh, prepared for them. And step by step, we enrich it. And now we have a real internal, let's say, uh, training path. But initially, we we started it from from zero. But we we, and that's because me and 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 my partner, we we did this work for ourselves. Uh, we we, we self-learn about blockchain. And so we try to apply that in a more efficient way. Uh, and uh, and uh, we, go, we get straight to the point with our, uh, with our uh, team members that joined us. Yeah. Is your team very big, Tarek? Very big is a big, is a big word. Actually, we are, <laughs> we are, we are around 10. So it's not, it's okay. not, it's not much, it's not as big as you, as you can, as you can say, but we, uh, big we in the tech world. To... That's probably big for a tech team, depending on yeah. where you are. Yeah. 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 Depending. Yes, exactly. But we are, we are trying to, we are still, you know, trying to, to, uh, to develop ourselves. So we are in this uh, dynamic and uh, this development dynamic and actually yes we are we are we are 10 uh, and i hope in six months uh we will be uh, you know we'll have five more and we try to, to 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 keep this trend but we have to we are doing it carefully you know because yeah. we have this learning path uh and uh and um maybe it's a it's a kind of specificity uh, you can recruit some uh, software engineers that are doing 
that have learned you know, web developments within their engineering schools, and you can give them uh, a web project development. They can do it uh, directly if it's a simple one. But in the blockchain space, it's, it's longer. <laughs> You yeah. Know? And so we, if you want to keep this kind of uh, uh, quality service that you are providing, we must, uh, you know, expand, but uh, not doing a kind of big bang. We are not going to move from 10 people to 30 in six months. If you want to ensure always we are the, in the top management, let's say, of the startup, even if you have not a hierarchy, but the, the, the top management is trying to ensure the quality of other projects. So we are not scaling uh, uh, in an incoherent way, let's say. We, we don't want to, uh, to let's say, to, to sacrifice another quality uh, uh, in order to... Uh, uh, to let's say to to make the quality to make the quantity you know uh, a more strategic way it's not we are for the moment we are privileging the the, the quality uh, or the other quantity yeah definitely but i think this is this is incredible i mean i have to applaud you for that because i know so many people that have tried to do what you are doing and they haven't been so successful and i mean you know much better than i do about this because you're doing it but they've uh, experienced issues such as uh, having problems developing their own team because maybe they had to invest too much time or spend too much money to train the people locally and they felt like it just wasn't working. Or maybe when they developed their team, then the team wasn't working at the level that they wanted them to work at. Or then there was issues of they developed the, the person for in or the people in their company and then they left and they went and they work for a bigger company you know there's so many challenges that that yes. people have told me that they faced um also i guess for you you know strategically france is so close to tunisia right i mean relatively close right whereas let's say you are in i don't know let me pick a random place say you're in south africa for example and you're trying to service clients in the uk there's that big distance in between. Like I think for you, you can you can fly to meet your team perhaps a little bit quicker and easier than somebody who is further away. You know what I mean? So I don't know if that that combined with other things, but uh, basically the point I'm trying to make is that I know a lot of people that have tried to do what you've done and they failed. So that's why I was so keen to to have you discuss like your approach and and how you went about doing it for your company. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It it helps. It it helps to have this kind of uh, um, proximity. This uh, uh, let's say distance uh, uh, proximity uh, to have this uh, uh, cultural proximity. Yeah. It helps. Uh, yeah. But on the other on the on the other hand, it can be mm. also uh, um, uh, a, th a threat because uh, that means that it's also a physical proximity for the. For your teams and they can uh, decide also to move uh, yeah. And, yeah. and to join uh, to join you know uh, other 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 companies or clients within this country so uh, yeah. you always have pros and cons and then about what you said uh, for sure there is a big it's not only about technology and and and, and deep expertise it's also there is a big part of management, but this is a, the management is a is a more transversal, let's say, topic to uh, to all, let's say, uh, nations, uh, companies, or startups. And yeah. uh, of course, we are uh, talking about uh, talents and resources, and uh, you are talking about it, your team, and uh, it's your job also. Um, you have a kind of, let's say, uh, uh, technical goals to. To make them rich, but you also have a, a big part of the job, which is to, um, but to make them enjoying what they are doing. In fact, and to make them enjoying what they are doing with you. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. they, will, they will they will try to <laughs> to have uh, to have fun uh, in another place. I think what you're doing is a it's a win win because you are developing you know the local economy. You're creating jobs, obviously, but you're also um, you're you're sort of serving these clients overseas as well by solving their problems. So I feel like you're do, everything that you're doing it's just working out perfectly. So as long as you can continue on that trajectory, I think you'll be it'll be really fantastic.
Thank if you, you. Keep, if you keep growing, yeah, if you keep growing. I know the, the biggest, the biggest um, challenge that I've heard other people say who tried to do this is just that people end up leaving them and going and, and working for bigger companies. Like it's hard for them to offer competitive pay, basically. That's, that's one of the biggest challenges that I've heard. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, pay is a lot, but like you said, you have to keep people happy. That, that, yeah. you know, that, that's really important as well. Sometimes for mm -hmm. some people more than how much money they make. Yeah, ex exactly. We, we have one chance on the, on the blockchain uh, space. It's uh, that it's uh, for the moment yet a, a technology that is interesting the young generation. So, uh, so we have this chance. So then uh, they are interested by discovering this technology. So once they are with you, you have to keep them uh, you know, interested and motivated and having fun uh, working with this technology and the projects that you are able to, 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 to bring for them. Definitely. So that's it, it's, it's essential. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Final question for you. What lessons have you learned from your entrepreneurial journey that you would like to share with us? <laughs> it's a good, good question. Yeah. Um, and we are still, I'm still personally learning <laughs> month after month, you know, week after week. Yeah, um, for sure, for sure. Um, maybe I will start <clears throat> uh, with the first one, which uh, for me seems to be, uh, uh, if I have to classify it, it's the first one. Uh, the main, most important one, it's to um, don't stay alone and don't hesitate to talk about your projects. Um, mm. Why I'm saying that? Because um, I faced this difficulty at the beginning, and um, you don't, you don't. The conclusion is that you don't have to see in anyone in front of your view someone who uh, is a threat or is someone that who will rob your ideas. You know, mm. uh, but instead of that, you have to change. If you have this kind of mindset at the beginning, you have to quickly change it because you have to see in anyone in front of you, uh, you have to see someone that who will give you some feedbacks or some advices, or at least will connect you with someone else. Yeah. So uh, really uh, uh, don't stay alone in a kind of position to protect what you are doing, just talk about it. And don't think that if you are working on something nice, that the person in front of you will rob your ID. If you, if you are talking about it, that means you already have a kind of advance on it. And mm. not anyone is in position to, to rob, you know, ideas. Well, of course, you have to uh, take care about the situation. But most, most, most of the time, people are here to, to give you advices, feedbacks, or at least to connect you with uh, some other interesting uh, contact for you. So it's a first recommendation okay. and a lesson learned. Okay. Um, well, the second one we talked, I, I, uh, I, I said it at the beginning of this interview, I guess it's, you know, they say get customers before you have a product. Uh, mm. well, it's, it's the ideal. Uh, it's, all, it's so, of course, a good recommendation. And um, when initially we started our product development journey, uh, we started it driven, let's say, driven by, by, uh, by a potential client. So it was good, but Finally, uh, this client, so it, it didn't uh, uh, go until the end with him. And we find ourselves, you know, a bit, uh, bit lost without uh, any uh, real customer. And finally, uh, when you continue alone without uh, being driven by a potential uh, customer, um, you, may, you may not respond directly to business needs, in fact. Being driven by a customer, by client or a client, even if you are able to have a contract before having developed your product, it's even better. But uh, being uh, driven by a, a potential client or or a client, uh, it's a kind of insurance to uh, answer some business needs, and it's really important. Okay. And That's the third one, okay. uh, I would say. <clears throat> Uh, 
and it's a real lesson lesson learned uh, from my personally. I, I, it's to uh, um, often they say accept failure, you know, uh, yeah. but it's not only about accepting failure. It's uh, it's about sometimes um, don't get caught up in a sinking in a sinking boat, you know, like Titanic. Sometimes you. Mm try to remain and to resist and to give more energy and uh, you won't fail directly but uh, maybe you will fail in six months or in 12 months but sometimes you have also to be realistic and save uh, time and money also and say mm, okay uh, I stop uh, let, let me think a bit uh, the direction in which I'm putting many energy um, is not moving in, in a good way you know, and so sometimes you have to uh, don't wait until the final failure and accept to uh, to change uh, your cap, you know, and don't stay, you know, uh, in, a, in a sinking boat like Titanic. Yeah, yeah, you know that <laughs> I love that, like the sinking Titanic, it's true, you have to know when to move on. I guess sometimes it's it's not moving on, maybe it's that pivot, as they say or yeah, or yeah, yeah exactly change exactly. to something else and uh, I, I guess yes it's something that is important and to not uh, try to persist on what you uh, already defined and always uh, uh, be able in fact uh, to uh, to putting uh, to put yourself in question and to put your project and your product and your vision and your strategy in question in fact uh, yeah. and you have to do that uh, frequently frequently uh, to not persist on the same, uh, you know, uh, direction, uh, even if sometimes it's, it's, it's okay, but uh, sometimes you can realize that you are putting too much energy and finally what you are, you are putting too much energy for low benefits, you know, and that's yeah. the worst uh, scenario because sometimes you are seeing some benefits and you are saying, I have to put more energy, but mm. in fact, you have already put a lot of energy. And even if you add more, you will still have low benefits. And at this moment, you have to say, okay, I have to, to change, to, to pivot on something. Yeah, that's such an important message. No one to cut your losses, right? Exactly, exactly. That was brilliant. All right, Tarek, thank you so much. It was so lovely to speak with you. And I know that everyone is going to enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So I yeah, until yeah. next time, folks. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. This is an original Rare Birds HQ creation. It was produced by Rare Birds HQ and is meant for informational purposes only. If you enjoyed today's show, let me know by writing a review and do share it with your friends. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe to receive the weekly podcast newsletters, weekly news, and of course, more podcasts. Do visit the website at www.rarebirdshq.com. Until next time, rare ones, bye for now.